Welcome to the Business Sphere. On this podcast, we want to share real stories and real struggles from entrepreneurs who have been where you are. John Fong interviews business professionals and entrepreneurs in many fields to uncover their successes and challenges. We take a deep dive into their journey and provide you with tips and advice to help your business today. Welcome to the Business Sphere. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and share this episode. My guest today is small biz lady, Melinda Emerson. She is America's number one small business expert and has been the CEO of Quintessence Group for more than 20 years. They consult with Fortune 500 brands that target small businesses. Thanks for being on the show today, Melinda. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. So I'm excited to learn a little bit about you and how you became who you are. So maybe share with the audience members who are listening, go as far back as you would like, but share about your journey and um, what you would like to discuss later on in this episode. Sure. Well, my journey starts in journalism school. I went to college to be a broadcast journalist. When I graduated from college, I got my very first job. I went to Virginia Tech, by the way, shout out to the Hokies. Um, I you know, got my first job in, in Market 20 Television in Pittsburgh in my hometown as an associate producer. And I got my second job. I actually got my dream job as my second job. I got a producer job in a top five market in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And it was an amazing jump in, in money and in scope and in everything I was doing. But you know, what I learned along the way is that you got to be careful what you wish for because you just might get it. So I ended up getting my dream job. And I got to be honest with you, I hated it. I hated what I was doing. I hated the people I was working with. I was like, if I don't get out of here, I'm going to be the big story on Action News. I got to go. Right. You know, and so literally, I, in the middle of, of February sweeps in 1999, I took, I, you know, I basically had a laptop. Um, a fax machine in a dream. And I started my first business in the basement of my house. And um, I had been planning it kind of a year before I did it, but the day finally came, they were sick of me. I was sick of them. I was like, all right, I'm out, you know? So um, that's how I started my business. I was 26 years old. So what I knew about business at that time was that I didn't know very much. (laughs) So fortunately for me, I kind of turned myself into a student of small business. So every year I was in business, I took some course, whether it was on leadership, negotiation, business planning, whatever it was, I did what I could to build my business skills. And along the way, I started doing really well, like literally, um, Philadelphia has sort of like a mini version of the Inc. 5000 list. And my company was like number 29 on the Philly 100 list one year. I had offices in downtown Philadelphia. My husband was able to quit his full-time job at GE, join the business. I mean, we were doing well. And then all of a sudden, I got pregnant with my son. (laughs) And at 32 years old, ended up on bed rest with a high-risk pregnancy which is something nobody would have ever anticipated. I certainly wouldn't, didn't anticipate that for myself, but what that meant, and, and, I'm, and I want to get you in my time machine so we can go back. So this happened like 05, 06. So that was before Wi-Fi was in everybody's house. So when I got sent home on bed rest, I was just at home. I mean, I had a, a Palm 3 cell phone 
trying to run my life, but you can imagine it didn't run so well. And it was at that time that I realized the cardinal mistake I had made. I had built a business that couldn't run without me. And I had built a culture in my business where you had to come ask mom right before you made a decision. And man, when I was on bed rest, it was the first time I wasn't on go every day grinding, hustling, working the phones, going to conferences, meeting clients, working on stuff. And, and I basically had become a workaholic and I had made that a culture of my business. You could call my office at three, at nine o'clock at night. People would answer the phone like it was three o'clock in the afternoon. I mean, I was bad. And, you know, my secret sauce back then was we just go outwork the competition. Dumb, dumb, dumb. <laughs> that was not a good decision for me. However, it put me on my path to become the small biz lady. And so basically I crashed, right? The business was in shambles. You know, at that point, my marriage was struggling and I had this brand new baby that I had to take care of. And I was like, all right, Lord, uh, what would you have me do now? Cause I don't have a plan. I don't have a clue. I, I, I just know I'm unhappy everywhere and I can't keep doing what I was doing because once I had my son, I didn't want to work 12 or 14 hours a day anymore. I wasn't even interested in that. And, but then I had to sit back and figure out what was I going to do next? And literally I started evaluating my business. Well, what was valuable in my business? Was it my equipment? No, it was depreciating as I was looking at it. Was it my employees? No, they did anything I asked, but nobody proactively did anything. They basically watched my battleship sink. Then I was like, well, was it my customers? And at that time, we were very niche in the pharmaceutical space. People were retiring. People were suing pharmaceutical companies. I mean, it was, it was a mess. And I was like, okay, so it wasn't that. So then I figured out the most valuable thing in my business was what I learned from running it. And what I realized when I was on bed rest was that I would have run my business better if I had had better advice. But back then, in the early 2000s, there wasn't anybody giving out small business advice. There was there were people talking about finance. So like there, there was Susie Orman, there was Gene Chatsky on the Dead Today Show, but those guys were talking about 401ks and they were they were talking to people with jobs. They weren't talking to entrepreneurs. And so when I looked around at the landscape, I said, "Wow, you know, there is room for someone to try to educate and inform small business owners." So after, after praying over, you know, what I should do, uh, God gave me a vision and a dream three times to become America's number one small business expert. And I decided that was what I was going to do. So uh, the first thing I did was I took all those notes that I had made while I was pregnant on all the expensive lessons I had learned, all the real hard ones. And it became my best-selling book, Become Your Own Boss in 12 Months. But ironically, my book was due to my publisher September 1st, 2008. And you may or may not remember what happened about September 14th, 2008. The market crashed, you know, the sky fell, people's 401ks became 1OKs, you know how that is. And literally, my publisher called me up and said, thank you so much for being a first-time author that actually turned your book in on time. But we don't think anyone's thinking about entrepreneurship right now. So we're going to shelf your book until March of 2010. And I was like, holy macaroni, Batman, what am I supposed to do? These people are shelving my book for 18 months. 
But a good friend of mine in the National Speakers Association said, look, if I were you, I would hire a publicist and start publicizing that book like it's coming out anyway. And so I was like, and she said, as a matter of fact, you might want to learn this, this social media thing everyone's starting to talk about. I think it really might become the next big thing. Okay, whatever. You know, at this point, I'm so dejected and upset. I don't even want to talk to anybody about this book at this point. But a friend of mine said, I got the lady you can hire. So I hired a lady by the name of Kathy Larkin to help me. And she was actually so excited when I told her this sad story. She said, wait a minute, you mean we have 18 months to build your author platform before this book comes out? Oh my God, this is awesome. And I'm sitting up there thinking I'm talking to a crazy person on the phone. I'm like, what are you talking about? She said, no, no, this is actually going to be a good thing for you. I said, really? And she said, yeah, we're going to go out on Twitter and build your brand. And I remember saying to her, what is Twitter? <laughs> I didn't even know what she was talking about, right? And she was just like, don't worry about it. I'll teach you how to use Twitter. So finally, the day came for me to get my own Twitter account. So I got in front of my computer on the phone. She was in front of her computer on the phone. I went to twitter.com and I put in Melinda Emerson. And then I got a notice back. This name is already taken. What? First of all, my name, Melinda, is not common, right? And I'm like, and the combination of Melinda and Emerson give me a break. Anyway, long story short, I went out to Facebook and found out that there are seven other Melinda Emersons. However, I'm the only Black one, and I own MelindaEmerson.com. I've written over 5,000 articles on small business. They all know who I am. <laughs> so, so anyway, long story short, we had to come up with a nickname for me. And I was like, a nickname? And she said, yes, we need to figure out some kind of nickname for you unless you want to be Melinda underscore Emerson. I didn't want to be her. I was like, no, 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 no. So literally we came up with the nickname Small Biz Lady, which we now know was the best branding thing that ever could have happened to me because there's thousands and thousands of small business experts, but there is only one Small Biz Lady. And that is how I got on the path to helping entrepreneurs. And by the time my book came out, just to finish that story, I had 10,000 followers on Twitter. Today, I have over 300,000 and uh, one of the largest brands online that reaches 3 million entrepreneurs each week online. That's amazing. I mean, I love the story and I love your grit along the way, right? Like the perseverance that you didn't give up. I know there's a lot of challenges that you went through, but I'm going to ask you to take yourself back a little bit because during those years, while you were employed, for instance, your second job in particular, mm -hmm. and you basically had that best job that you kind of imagined at that age would have been your dream job. What was it that really, really stuck out? Because you mentioned that, you know, yes, you were highly paid, highly recognized, was top five brand, but what really drove you to be so miserable that you wanted to leave and start your own business? To be honest with you, it was the people. It really was the people. It, it, it's very true what people say. People don't leave jobs, they leave people. And for me, I just felt like people were so arrogant and unkind and self-important and they acted like the work was so important. And I'm like, this is local news. No one cares about this, but the weather, you know, <laughs> like, you know, but people really, I just, I didn't like it. I, I, I really felt like 
everybody was forced to assimilate in a way that if you didn't think like a 30 something white male, you were just not going to get ahead. And I was like, I don't even know how to do that. <laughs> so I'm going to just exit stage left right now so that I don't even have to think about that. Um, and it worked out for me and God has blessed me, um, you know, to have an amazing career and opportunity that has literally taken me all over the world. I've had the opportunity to be a columnist for Entrepreneur. I've had the opportunity to be a columnist for the New York Times. I've had the opportunity to lecture in France, in China, in Singapore, in Nigeria, as the small biz lady. And these are things I never would have done from behind my desk at a cubicle inside a television station. So for me, I'm so glad the trajectory that I got put on because, you know, I'm just, I, I think this is my true calling. Like what I do now, I'm very fortunate that my occupation is also my advocation. So it doesn't even feel like work. It's just every day. No, that's amazing to hear because, you know, I, I hear culture as, you know, workplace culture, right? And it, from what I hear from you, it was really the people and the culture, the values that they brought, what they were saying, how they were saying it, who they catered towards, who they were really trying to, you know, impress versus genuine authenticity. And I feel when you're corporate, and I used to work in corporate as well, and I, I worked for 10 years in advertising corporate, and it, it was different because when I went out on my own eight years ago, it was more about trying to just be myself, helping people that I truly cared about, and I knew who I wanted to serve because if I just can sleep at night, take care of my base, and make sure that they're valued, listen intently, then I can make sure that I have a prosperous, successful life, right? Like you actually enjoy what you're doing every single day. So it seemed like, you know, at that moment at say 25 or 26, you kind of figured it out, but there's always ebbs and flows, right? So can you share with the audience members, what were some of the, you know, high points and some of the low points along the way? Because that Twitter story was great. And a lot of businesses today believe social media is, you know, the, the godsend for a lot of businesses, but it's really about the longevity as well. It's the consistency, it's the brand awareness, and it's a lot of years in, but however, this social media space is all about getting people to think that it's a lot faster, quicker, and not realistic, right? And maybe you can explain a little bit about your journey along the way. Yeah, I'm actually really glad you asked me that because I do think people think it's like this overnight success thing. And so, so let me let me let me let me back the story up <laughs> because I think going back to my Twitter journey actually will illustrate this really, really well. You know what people don't understand even about books, right? Just because you write a book, you first of all, book publishers pay royalties twice a year, six months behind. So when you get a check in June, that's the check from December, right? So, so be clear, unless you're Stephen King writing books, books are very expensive business cards. So with that as the backdrop, let me tell you what happened to me. When I first got on Twitter and Twitter was the main platform that we focused on, 
I worked Twitter every day like a job, literally three times a day. I posted an article. I shared something personal about myself and I answered somebody's small business question every day. About three months in from that, I created Small Biz Chat, which I ran weekly on Twitter for 10 and a half years. Every Wednesday night from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern, I answered people's small business questions live with a guest every week. I want to say that again, every week, right? <laughs> so it was, it was like I took three weeks off you know, July 4th week, Thanksgiving week, and the week between Christmas and New Year's. And and I did that because I spent so much time every day looking for people with questions that I wanted to figure out a way where people with questions could find me. So I'm, 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 I'm doing small bitch chat, right? Every week. Then about six months in, we said, okay, I needed to create a blog because th- at this time, I didn't even have a blog or anything. So then I created succeedasyourownboss.com. And I created Succeed As Your Own Boss very strategically. I didn't call it melindaemerson.com. I didn't call it smallbizlady.com because I wanted to build a separate business asset, one that I could sell one day. And I wanted to build it with incredible SEO juice. And I know you appreciate this. So back then my book was coming out. It was called Become Your Own Boss in 12 Months. Well, we couldn't get becomeyourownboss.com. So we actually did keyword research and realized that succeedasyourownboss.com would pull the same search results as becomeyourownboss.com, which is why we called it succeedasyourownboss.com. And then I started building. And when I first did it, I published twice a week. And then we realized that wasn't enough volume, that wasn't enough content. So then I started posting three times a week. And ever since the second year of my blog, I have published three times a week. And that's a lot of work considering I'm a person, right? I'm not ink or entrepreneur or anything like that. I'm one person. And so we really had to get really strategic about the content, but we knew the content was going to drive the engagement and it was going to drive building a community because if people knew they could count on me for quality content, they would always come count on me. And so that was my grind, building content, writing articles, interviewing other guest experts, posting Q&A posts. And I did this. I didn't make money from social media for almost two years. It was 22 months of posting, tweeting, responding, engaging, being helpful, sharing other people's content, liking other people's posts leaving comments. I'm saying two years of doing that, making no money. Book was out, but it's not like you get a royalty check the week the book comes out, right? So I need people to understand that it takes time to build a brand, but I I was very focused and I was very strategic and I, I focused on a specific platform and I decided to make my main content strategy blogging. And that was my secret sauce, but I was also relentlessly consistent. You could set a watch to when we would post a new blog post on my blog. And that is what built up my brand and built up my reputation. And that was when people realized there was no way that I would be able to write all that stuff if I didn't know what I was talking about. You can only fake it 
for so long. And especially now, I think that with so many people developing content and so many people on so many different platforms, one of the things that we decided to do two years ago was I only published long form content. I only publish 1500 words or more because what I want to do is be the last word on the subject. So I don't mess around. I don't 300, 500, 700 word posts. You're just playing around. If you want to be serious, go 1500 to 2000 words, every post do that, <laughs> but you got to know what you're talking about to do that. So that is how I built my brand over time, but I've also had to reinvent as the content you know, modalities change. So now we're doing a lot more video content because video is the future of marketing. So I think you really have to pay attention to your customer. You have to pay attention to how your customer's consuming content. And then you have to realize what you're good at. You know, writing is my secret sauce. I have a journalism degree from Virginia Tech. So yeah, it's not that hard for me to develop content because that's what I've always done my whole career. So you've got to think about what you enjoy doing. If you don't like to write, please don't start a blog because that's not a good, you know, do videos, do podcasts, do something else. But just know that it's all part of a big picture to grow your business and your brand. This is great nuggets that you're giving because people have to be aware that you strategically thought and plan things out even before you launch your website, launch your Twitter platform, as well as the book, right? You put together kind of a roadmap, I would say. And, you know, you, maybe you hire a publicist or not, but at that time, it was more about a long plan, knowing that you're not going to generate revenue or sales or profit or salary for multiple years. And you have to be willing to put in that time, effort of consistent working daily, weekly, hourly, or monthly, so that you can get closer to your first client, second client, fifth client, hundredth client, or whatever it is. And what I look, love about like entrepreneurship is it's like very similar to athletes. You know, everyone looks at LeBron James or Michael Jordan or any of those spectacular, you know, whatever athlete it is from soccer, football, basketball, but they only look at them when they win a championship or at the glory of winning an MVP or whatever. What about when they were three or four or five years old? They started practicing with coaches, nutritionists, stretches, you know, people that are drilling them consistently working 10 hour days to get them refining their art to then go to you know, high school, prep school, you know, college, and not get paid along the way, but constantly needing to perform. To then get drafted to whatever combine and with an NBA team or NFL team, then to finally get paid. But right. it takes so many years of commitment, 10, 20 years of daily grind. And there's so few opportunities, right? It's not like, I mean, there's only 75 slots on any NFL team, right? You know, so, so you, you got to think about all of that and the shop is still, you know, it, it's still so small. And it's the same thing for us. I mean, you know, there's tons of people out here talk, calling themselves a small business expert, right? Just like there's a ton of people out here calling themselves an SEO expert. But there's only only the few are chosen, right? Only the few will have a brand that rises above. And that is important for us to think about as we, you know, it's very important for you to have um, a value proposition and really not even just a value proposition. Here's the bottom line. 
you have to have something about your business that is not easily duplicatable by the competition. Because if it is, anybody can put you out of business without thinking too hard about doing it. And I think that's the thing that I don't think enough people think through. I think they think they can just go out here and you know buy purses and resell them on Amazon. Well, you can do that, but somebody else can sell cheaper, right? When you don't have anything distinctive about your business, price becomes the only thing you're competing on. And the race to the bottom is a race nobody wins. So that's that's not ever who you want to be in business. And and it's great that you mentioned about branding because then you're not selling yourself anymore. You're not a content creator and you're not a solopreneur. You're looking at scaling and growing so that you can take yourself away from the business, work on the business, and it can still continue running without you. And that's the art of really being an entrepreneur and business owner so that you actually have fun, right? Because if you're working 12, 14, 16 hour days, how about your family, your friends, activities, hobbies, relationships? They're not going to have the same amount of time like you only have limited time, 24 hours a day, you need to sleep and you need to either work or not, right? And if you're working all day and you only sleep, when do you have time to do anything else? So you won't really enjoy the rest of your life. So realize what you're trying to set up. And if you'd set it up properly, then you could work on the business and have fun along the way that suits your lifestyle. And I think that's what your, the premise of your book is really. It is because it's really about understanding the impact of your business on your whole life. But before you even get to that, though, it's really about thinking about what you want out of life first and then building a business that's going to allow you to live that way. We do not live to work. We live, we work so that we can live our dream life. And that is the whole point of my book. I mean, I really want people to develop a life plan first and then figure out their finances. How are they going to pay for their new business? Because banks do not loan money to start up businesses. The money to start your business is going to come from your right or your left pocket. Then you've got to really validate your business concept and figure out what skills you have versus what skills you need to run your particular kind of business. Then you got to figure out who your paying customer is. Who is your niche target customer? Then you do need to develop a business plan. I know there's all these people out here now telling people they don't need business plans, but that is madness. Why would you spend more time planning your vacation than how you're going to support yourself and your family financially? Like, that doesn't even make any sense. And the last thing, and this is a little bit controversial, but it's always been my belief. I believe in side hustling first. I do not believe in quitting a job to start a business because it takes 12 to 18 months for a small business to break even, let alone replace your corporate salary. So it does not make any sense for you to be out here quitting your job before you're real clear about who your customer is and how much they're willing to pay. So that is really the crux of the, the main point of the book about starting a business. But the rest of the book is about how to stay in business. And I, I love that you're mentioning all these huge pillars, right? Because a lot of entrepreneurs, business owners, they're they have an idea, concept. They, they have a dream, right? Of wanting to do more, serve others, you know, be, they all talk about like, you know, follow their passion, follow their why, meaning or impact. But to be honest, if you don't plan things out, 
there won't be a passion. There won't be a why. There won't be a meaning because most importantly, you need to survive. You need to ensure that you have profit, revenue sales, and margin. If you have no margin, what are you doing? Because you can make more working somewhere else and still have a better lifestyle because you can still pay the bills and not be homeless or, you know, not have the foods and shelter and the places that you want to travel to, because ultimately that's what people want choice. They want more freedom. And with that mindset of planning a little bit so that you plant the seeds. And I always mention like real estate, right? Like people don't just go out and buy their first home. Banks aren't going to just loan the money, right? They're going to make sure that you have a job, you have salary, they check all the checks and balances to ensure that you can pay for the the home on a monthly basis. So think about it as a business owner, right? Like you need to plan things out properly. So I love the fact that you're mentioning all these in your book. So, um, So tell us a little bit about this new book. Like what's going on with some of the new additions? I know you mentioned that it, it got released back in 2010 mm-hmm. and also five years later. And then there's also a new release that you're talking about right now. Yeah. So this edition of the book is actually the third edition and it's called Become Your Own Boss in 12 Months Revised and Expanded. And what's so cool about this new edition is that I really gutted the old book and, and really redid it because I really wanted to make sure that all of the marketing and sales stuff was really up to date because things have changed quite a bit, especially because of the pandemic. And what we saw was a lot of the businesses that went under struggled with their digital pivot, struggled to get online, didn't know how to get online, really didn't know the best platforms, certainly didn't know how to buy ads and all this kind of stuff. And, and, and now all of that's necessary. And so what I did was break down all the new stuff. So we've got six new chapters and three other chapters that were completely updated. So, you know, after chapter eight, everything in this book is different and new. And and so I'm really, really excited about um, the new stuff we have in there. So some of the new chapters are who is your target customer? Really go into marketing and understanding that today's customer, you got to be customer centric because customers have way too many options now. We also talk about how to build a social media brand, which is very, very important now. You do, social media used to be optional. It isn't now, but you got to be strategic because it can be a huge time suck and waste of money too. So you want to make sure that you're strategic about where you're spending time online. Then we talk about selling online, period. That's what the chapter is called. And we break down whether you're going to sell on your website or you're going to sell on a marketplace platform like Amazon. We get into all of that, including how to buy ads, even on Amazon's platform. And then I developed a chapter called how to develop a sales process. Because in all my years of being a small business coach, what I see is people don't know how to generate leads and people do not have follow-up systems in their business. So I broke down all of that stuff and how to put all of that together because that is what I want for people to really understand their sales systems in their business because that's like the blood in your heart. That, that's the pump that's driving your business. And then the other chapter I added in this new edition is your leadership matters. You know, a lot of times people think just because they own a business 
that they're a leader. And I'm like, mm -mm, you're just a business owner. Leadership is actually something that you have to work on because leadership has a lot to do with your communication style. And what I tell people is, hey, what is it like to work for you? Are you a good boss? Are you a bad boss? Are you the kind of boss where everyone knows what kind of day you're having by how you're barking at people and treating people? I, you really have to realize that 50% of, 50 of all business problems are not so well hidden personal problems. So I walk people through really understanding leadership and why they need to work on it. And the last chapter of the book is completely brand new. It used to be 10 things you must never forget in business. Now it's 15 and it's 15 new things. And my favorite one of the 15 is in the original version of my book, one of the 10 things you must never forget in business was ABC always be closing, which is advice I would never give to someone now. <laughs> so now ABC stands for the three things you can always control, your attitude, your behavior, and your commitment. And That's so, that, yeah, so that is, you know, the great thing about this book is you see how much I've grown, you know, how much I've grown as a business owner from it. And, and I love that you are are revising it and you're adding to it and that becomes wisdom because now you've been doing it for 10 plus years right just myself eight years in a business i've matured i know who i really want to target and work with the personality types the avatars the different profiles of niches industries the type of clients based on so many other factors right and it just takes time because at the beginning you take on everyone and anything because you need to pay the bills. But as you get better, as you systemize, as you listen and get, you know, uncover who you really want to resonate with, then you kind of know who you want to attract. So then you refine the target, you know, message, the, the different types of marketing material that goes out to your pro ideal profile of customers. So I love you talking about that. And yes, I wanted to ask you because you mentioned SEO in earlier, right? About when you started doing your website, how important was SEO for your business when you were branding it for that what success term versus you know, become your boss? And has it helped you in any way because of the keyword research that you made? and implemented as long as the long format blogs, because you are a writer yourself. Mm -hmm. How has SEO come into your business? Oh, well, SEO is really important in my business, but I have to be completely transparent with you. I didn't really start paying attention to SEO as something that I paid for until about maybe like four or five years ago, because Early on, my SEO was just writing good articles, making sure I used, you know, the, the SEO plugin, all-in-one SEO plugin okay. on the back end of my site. You know, so I did, I did what we call basic SEO. But at the very beginning, when we were trying to figure out what URL, we were definitely doing SEO research. We were definitely, I mean, and all those cool tools like BuzzSumo and some other stuff that's out here now, that stuff didn't exist back then. So, you know, SEO was real new, you know, 10, 12 years ago, really new. People really, you know, lay people didn't understand it. Big corporations and advertising folks did, but everybody, lay people didn't. Um, 
So SEO is something that I have learned to really appreciate, especially because as long as I've been blogging and I've had my site, my site is about 62% organic search traffic. And that's because of how much content, how many titles, how much stuff we rank for, and we get, you know, a lot of search traffic to the site. So SEO is something that I completely understand. I pay for every month. It's something that is really important if you want to play in the content game out here on, on the internet, for sure. And, and that's so pivotal to, you know, let the audience know, because you being the expert, um, helping business owners, if they forget to even utilize what is at their disposal, because that website, yes, you can pay for ads. Yes, you can create content, but you're not optimally helping them generate some traffic that's free, natural, right? Google gives you a platform with millions of users daily searching for queries, questions, problems, services, products. And if you're not utilizing to your full disposal, such as yourself, four or five years ago, where you use these free plugins, when you started paying for SEO provider that went in deep, the technical aspects, the link building, the brand awareness, the anchor text, the you know site map. And- we had a big problem because we had a lot of pictures that weren't optimized, that were too big. All image tags, yes. Oh, like, like we, we had ignored all image tags. And so it was like, I think one of the SEO firms I work with, they were like, we just did 2000 pictures on the back end of your site check, you know, and I'm just like, Oh my God. You know, they were like, you spent weeks just like reformatting that kind of stuff. And that has made a huge, huge difference. You know, it, to- even with images, not just the tag itself, but compressing it so that yeah. it loads quickly. Right. And there's so many other factors because there's over 200 signals. Right. And with SEO, it's constantly changing. Not only is algorithm of Google updating, but there's and competitors trying to overtake you so that keeps us going as an seo agency but i love you hearing that you know you took it full on and you've embraced it because now you're you know you understand the power of seo versus paid ads for instance and yes social media is huge i know twitter and facebook and instagram and linkedin are huge platforms and yes, there's different audience types that consume content on those platforms, mm-hmm. which you need to really refine your content piece to attract those type of eyeballs, short form video, you know, blogs, Twitter feeds, which are short little messages. So resonate with your audience type on those platforms and with blogs on your own website or on other publishing sites like Inc, Entrepreneur, Forbes, understand who that audience type is and connect with them with content that resonates with those readers. People don't even think about that, right? And I love hearing this from someone that is a seasoned entrepreneur now, because it's not coming from me, it's coming from you. And it's hard for me to explain it because I do this for a living and people think I'm only going to sell them, right? But it's because I've worked with thousands of business owners, seeing what works and what doesn't, so that I do want to help serve by providing the value of SEO for clients. And the reason I have you on the show is our, you know, our type of client are the SMBs. I love only working with small business owners because that's my background. Like I worked at Yellow Pages. Oh, wow. And I worked there for five years working with over 5,000 business owners. And my VP of sales 
was there for over 30 plus years. So all we know is working with SMBs. And that's what resonated with me to want to reach out to you. You get SMBs. That's all I deal with is SMB. I do SMB strategy for my large clients. But the reason why they hire me is because I have these other people that trust me every day to share powerful, helpful information. And because my mission is to end small business failure. And every single thing I do Every article I write, every book I write, every interview I give is about giving somebody that kernel, that just one more thing that they don't know about the business of running a business. That is what I'm trying to do because most people can build their widget, but a lot of people struggle actually running their business. And so that's where I come in. I'm the small business lady. I'm your fairy godmother. I try to help you with tools and advice and information so that you can grow your business. So last couple of questions I have for you, Melinda. So where do you see yourself in the near future? Like, what do you see yourself doing for the next five, 10 years? What are some of the major pillars in your life? And, you know, it seems like you've built something and you are still enjoying what you're doing because, you know, releasing a new book, having fun doing it, having a huge audience and followers. Um, what's next for you? Well, I'm really excited about our brand new products that we've built in connection with the book, actually. So we've created something called Small Biz Lady University. And I am so excited about it because I built four brand new courses in it. One is how to sell and market online. The other one is ultimate guide to email marketing. I also have a course called Social Media Selling. And of course, there's a course called Become Your Own Boss. And I'm so excited about building up my school, making it multilingual. Um, I'm really, really excited about that. But I also have another product called bossquiz.com. And I work with some scientists that do research on entrepreneurs. And I developed a comprehensive assessment to help people figure out the right business for them, what kind of entrepreneur they are, what kind of work values they have, what kind of sales skills they have. It's about a 15 minute quiz, but it'll print out an eight to nine page report on who you are as an entrepreneur. So you'll know, do you really need a business partner? You need to consider maybe a franchise or buying an existing business, or are you ready to start that business from scratch? My boss quiz will break down everything you need to know about yourself as you're going into business. And I think it is invaluable information. That's amazing. And I love how much passion you're sharing all this information with because it seems like it took you a long time to create these courses and i know how much time it is to write a book because i'm in the process of it <laughs> and creating a community is a lot of time and effort so everything an entrepreneur does they do it for the real purpose of resonating with their audience because they see and listen and hear what they want which is their customers so i see that you've been doing a lot of that and that's why you put out a course to really help these entrepreneurs that are having challenges and trouble in growing their business online. So I love that. Well, thanks a lot, Melinda. So how can some of uh, the listeners reach out to you, ask you if you have any questions, check you out, if you don't mind sharing with the audience members how to you know, connect with you? Oh, sure. Well, again, my name is Melinda Emerson, but I am small biz lady on every platform except for TikTok. I am the small biz lady on TikTok. But if you were interested in grabbing a copy of my book or get any of the bonuses that we have out here, if you buy the book this week, head over to Become Your Own Boss Book 
com. And if you just want to send, reach out to me, reach out to me on LinkedIn. That's probably the best way just to like try to get my attention if there's something that I can do to help you. But just know this, I want you to win. So that is why I'm out here doing what I got to do. You never lose in business. Either you win or you learn. And so as long as you keep that, you'll be fine. Amazing. Well, thanks a lot again. Ultra grateful for you to be on this episode today. And for sure, we're going to have all that in the show notes, your contact information, some of your social handles and your websites. Thanks again, Melinda. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to our latest podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the Business Sphere and share this episode. Tune in next week for more interviews from entrepreneurs.